Hello, I am Dr. Terrence Oway Sr. I am the senior pastor of Faith Deliverance Church of God in Christ. We said a place for a ministry and music and the saving of souls is our goal. Well, today I can welcome you to Power Talk. You know, this is Men's Health Month. And I am honored, I am grateful to have a very special guest that's going to be with us here on today on this podcast. And I like to say that I met him uh, in my preparation to become, to become a mental health coach uh, with the American Association of Christian Counselors. And uh, I believe he had shared his certificates, his certification, and I reached out and congratulated him. And uh, from that moment on, we, we've connected. You know, that's what I like about social media, because there are so many ways that you can, can make great connections with people persons from afar. And that's what I have done. So I wanted to invite him to Power Talk. But before we begin, I want to share a little bit about his background. You see, uh, Stacy, his name is Stacy Gonzalez, uh, gave his life to Jesus Christ on Easter of 2018. And since then has had, had an overwhelming passion to serve. I like that, an overwhelming passion to serve. Uh, while he has a blue-collar uh, background in the copper and steel mining industry, and he was called into Christian counseling. You know, to be a Christian counselor, there is a calling on your life. Uh, you have the heart for the per people that are there, that are broken, hurt, uh, and you feel the pain. and You want to come alongside them to make a difference in their lives. And that's what uh, Stacy did. Uh, but there was a incident that happened in his life that nearly cost his life. We'll hear a little about, about that as we begin the, the story in this podcast. And during his journey, he has found meaning working primarily with men and has taken on roles uh, uh, as a men's high performance coach in addition to his therapeutic work. So I'd like to welcome to uh, this podcast talk today, Power Talk. He's a husband, father of four children. And he says he's in the Yellowstone of the South. So let's <laughs> welcome to podcast my good friend and brother, uh, mental health coach and a therapist, clinical therapist, Stacy Gonzalez. Welcome, Stacy. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much. It's funny how uh we we go through life and we tend to forget our story. So that was a, that was a great reminder. Thank you so much for that. And it's an honor to be here. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. You know, we all have a story. Uh, I listen to Caleb often and there's a great song that says God. And then this story, God is in the details. So your story, it, it reached me, you know, I wanted to hear your story and, and just to talk with you. Uh, you wrote a great ebook. What's the name of your ebook, Stacy? It's the eight foundational disciplines. The eight foundations of principle. Okay, of principles yeah. of discipline. You know, when I read it and I, and I began to re relate to your story, I can see how God brought you to put this book together. Yes, and uh, you wrote the ebook, and you said you start out saying the first twenty nine years of your life, you refused to allow Christ. You lived on your own terms, your own ambitions, mm -hmm. and your own purpose. Yeah. What was happening there? What was going on in your life? Yeah, so it's the the eight foundational disciplines for, for legacy in Christ. So for the first nearly 30 years, 
of my life. Uh, I had I had a belief in God, but um, I molded God to suit me and my needs. I was one of those who had a belief in an afterlife or a belief in a deity or belief in God, but um, I would mold mold him in a way where I would feel better about myself, where I didn't feel as guilty for all the past pain that I'd caused and for all of my slip ups. So it wasn't relational at all. And I grew up in a, in a Catholic family, but um, I can't, I can't honestly recall any time where the words God or Jesus were ever uttered in my household. And this is not a knock on my parents by any means. They were just doing the best they could with the resources that they had. But we just did the usual go to mass on Easter, go to mass on Christmas. And other than that, that was it. So when I say um, that I lived for myself during those first 29, 30 years, it very much was that I had to feel to fill this this void that had developed in my life at that time with something and unfortunately those things were from the world and uh and as we'll talk about in a little bit it, it nearly cost me everything mm, well thank you for sharing that you know you have found you had to come to find your identity and your relationship with god as you mm -hmm. said uh, your, your parents raised you up in a, in a good home good family mm -hmm. uh, you're in your religion that you practice in the catholic faith but there were certain words that you just shared that you did not hear. But there was that Damascus Road moment, no doubt in your life, that God began to deal with you and speak mm -hmm. to Stacy. Uh, you said, I had no identity, although I was shining on the outside. Mm -hmm. Oh, what, what was, how did you describe that shine on the outside? What was going on that you felt you were shining on the outside? Yeah, it was all worldly stuff so i had a great job um i had um lots of materialistic things you know going on vacations all the time had some money in the bank you know time off all of those things that the world really emphasizes for um for young western men is you know, get good grades you go to school you do good in school you get a good job and you climb the corporate ladder so on and so forth and i did all those things and i did them very well and in that sense, I was shining on the outside mm. from an outside observer looking in. If you didn't know me, but you only saw the outside of me, I was doing very well. But mm. inside, completely different story. Wow. Thank you. I like that. You know, what you see on the outside does not always represent what's going on on the inside. And I think the scripture, you know, you said you had everything going well for you, looking good and rising up the corporate ladder. But the word of God says, as you said here about uh, Christianity, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And uh, mm -hmm. wow. So you were shining on the outside, things going well, but yet there was something going on on the inside. This mm -hmm. is Men's Health Month. What better topic, better time to talk about this as men, you know, uh, how we go through the different things of life, different struggles of life. When I was 18 yeah. years old, I went through my own struggle, uh, Stacy. Uh, it was really, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would not be talking to you today. But I'm here to talk with you, and we'll get more to that perhaps in our later on discussion. But in in our in your ebook, you said that uh, you had come through a place of depression, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, I'll say this, there are many men today that are walking around in life 
that are depressed and Arch, Arch, uh, Arch, uh, Art Archibald said, and they don't even know it. They're, they're walking around depressed and don't know it. So how did you cover your depression or how did you cope with it? Alcohol. Okay. 100%. Okay. So you used something that was your coping mechanism. Yep. To get through it. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I just found the bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So what was the pulling out moment for you? After, as you mentioned, you got, you were going through depression, you re, uh, used the alcohol to cover it up, to deal with it. So what brought, what was the coming out moment for Stacy? Uh, jail, to put it simply. So I had abused alcohol for most of my adult life up to that point, most likely my entire adult life and, and even into my, my teenage years. And in, in, in my world, the best way that I can convey depression to, to men, to my clients is it's unfelt emotion. It's painful, uncomfortable, unfelt emotion. And if we don't feel it in the way that's absolutely necessary, we will find other ways to cope with it. And mine was alcohol. So I had abused it to the point where I was drinking and driving with my two daughters in the back seat mm -hmm. at the time. And uh, I thank God that I was pulled over with no one being hurt. I mean, there was not a scratch on the vehicle. It, it, it still blows my mind on just how drunk I was and nothing was damaged and no one got hurt, but it could have, it could have gone the other way. Uh, much more tragically, even an inch this way, an inch that way. So that was my rock bottom. That was my pulling out moment, as you mentioned, was was literally in the jail cell and having a self-reflection of coming to realize all the small decisions I had made prior to that had led to this. And now what was I going to do about it? I still hadn't met God at that point. This was January of 2018. So okay. it was still a couple of months before mm -hmm. I had uh, what I like to call my supernatural experience with, with the Heavenly Father. But th that was definitely my, my kick in the butt. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it was it was really the beginning of what was about to become. Yeah. Because what God has done in your life, you're now here coaching men. You're now here being there for men who are going through their life struggles. And, you know, I, I'll say this. When we have a lived experience, we can uh, be a voice and be a, a face to those who feel like I'm the only one going through this. And, you know, my life is even not worth living. You know, most men, a lot of men who go through depression, some of them go to the extreme, the extreme may want to end their lives. But God had a purpose mm -hmm. for you, uh, Stacy, As you mentioned yeah. in that uh, uh, being pulled over with the alcohol and the levels that you were, and no one was hurt, no one was harmed. You know, I'm a husband of 30, uh, no, 43 years. My wife had seven kids, my wife and I, and I was in Korea in 1994. And mm -hmm. I was there maybe uh, a week in, it was a one year remote, but mm -hmm. my wife and children were in a car accident from a drunk driver. And uh, thank God their lives were spared. Uh, yeah. God protected them. There was some some little injuries to some of the children and broken bones and some loose teeth, but their lives were spared. So mm -hmm. God spared your family. He spared you. Mm -hmm. uh, 
for for a day such as this. You know, here we are talking, and uh, which leads into talking about your book. You know, your work as a counselor mm -hmm. and a coach is to help men come back to God. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, the the first principle is you said free yourself mm -hmm. from your past. Mm -hmm. So how does shame? And, and, and you also talk about shame. And I know how shame can really uh, constrict us and, and keep us not wanting to uh, express ourselves or talk about it for fear of what someone may think of us or how they may look at us. But how does fear, uh, I'm sorry, not fear, but how does shame hold a person to their past? If someone's listening, speak mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, shame becomes your identity to where you, you just can't see a way out. You you can't see any possibility forward because you're so locked in with identifying the undesirable pieces of, of your past. That, that becomes your identity. And I'm a firm believer that aside from God, our identity is the most powerful force in the universe for better or for worse. So we have to be extremely cognizant and extremely careful on how we speak about ourselves, how we identify ourselves, because it does dictate a lot of how our life goes. And shame is a big part of that. We tend to identify with shame and, and it can constrict us over time. Mm, thank you for sharing that. You said also the way to come through that is loving yourself, knowing through that, that God loves you. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, no matter what I've done, God still loves me. He forgave me. And, and it kind of gives us the strength to kind of pull through that, that moment of feeling of his shame because of his love. I, I, yeah. I like that. Thank you. Uh, your second principle you spoke about was, oh, I want you to ex expound on this. Self-compassion. I, I, I never mm -hmm. heard that express, expressed that way. Uh, what is your description of this term, self-compassion? Yeah, self-compassion, uh, it, it tends to get conflated with self-esteem, but essentially self-esteem is how you think or feel about yourself based on the perceptions of others, based off the, the opinions of others. Mm -hmm. Self-compassion is how you feel about yourself only um, from, from your perspective. So going back to the to the identity thing, how, how do you speak about yourself? How do you see yourself? How do you love yourself? Where you don't have to rely on the opinions of others, though they may be important. Mm -hmm. Self esteem is strictly external. Okay. Self compassion is is internal. Internal. I like it. That's mm -hmm. a great answer. I appreciate that. You know, because because we have to. Yeah, love that's it. a great question. It could get confusing. Yeah. No, but that's a great. But I saw that in that book, and when I read a book. Certain things just jump out at me, and that did. That was one of those things. So uh, I thank you for that. So the, the, the next principle is fearing God. Mm. And the question is, to those who maybe listen, are you a God-fearing man? Mm. Are, are you a God-fearing man? The pain of regret vastly outweighs the pain of discipline. And we need to fear the right thing. And fear not those things that hold us back. So you talked about fear. Fear is the beginning of wisdom and all those things. So how would you describe a God-fearing man? A God-fearing man is one who knows that he was meant for something greater 
because of his calling through God and allowing himself to experience that fear, mm -hmm. but going anyways. Mm. Allowing himself to experience that fear. Fear as to be not afraid, but a fear of coming to knowing, gaining, learning, getting something, the wisdom of God. Yeah, I think that that, that term can can be confusing, you know, God fearing man or fear of God. I think most people would take it as in you you fear um, you fear God as in there's going to be consequences if you do something bad, mm -hmm. which that may be the case. And the message that I'm trying to project is that God absolutely loves you. He created you to do something great. He created you to do something amazing. And during that journey, there is going to be fear, but fearing God on knowing that you didn't actually execute on the things that he called you for. That's what God fearing is, mm. is knowing that I have to do this because I was called to do it. And even though I'm terrified right now, I know that I have to. To me, that's God fearing. Yeah, there's a calling on your life. And I have to do this, as you said this. I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to do this. And that's what you're doing as a mental health coach, helping men to navigate through these waters. Uh, your number three, third, your third principle is fuel your mind mm -hmm. with the man who you want to be. And I love the principle mm -hmm. you use the terminology that I am a king. Uh, I am a king. And, uh, Saying that, so how do you use self-talk in your daily task? I look at that uh, that statement. I'm a king. As a, you know, I look in the you look in the mirror. You know, you got to first you know love yourself, and you know, this, I'm gonna start my day speaking words of strength and encourage. So, how do you use self-talk in your daily task? It's very simple. <laughs> Just look in the mirror and. Speak truth to yourself. Speak truth mm -hmm. through how God sees you. And one of the things that caused me, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of uh, insecurity was my first name, Stacy. So my teenager, or my uh, my parents were teenagers when, when they had me, and my mom named me. So she was only 15 or 16 at the time. So Fair enough. She didn't really know what she was doing at the time. <laughs> I don't think she quite knew how much struggle she was putting me through naming me Stacy. But it was uh, it was something that made me very, very insecure for a very long time. Hmm. And uh, some bullying in there, you know, people would pick on me and you know, so on and so forth. So um, that had affected me in a way where I didn't feel good about myself mm -hmm. and I would speak. that would put my saying things like I am a king completely combats that it completely combats that because now you're identifying with something that's above you you're identifying with the heavenly father and how he views you how he created you how he speaks life into you and interesting enough when I did some research on what 
the word or the name Stacy actually translates to, it's one who bears fruit or one who is redeemed. And that completely blew my mind because it took me over 30 years to figure out what that was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so now I'm entirely grateful for my name. So now whenever I practice self-talk, I'll just repeat to myself what my name actually is and how grateful that I am for it. Oh, that's, I love that. That That's great. You know, look, look your name is who you are. That's, that's part of your identity. You know, I think about Jabez and his name, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it, his mom, and it means that he was uh, born in pain, but there was mm -hmm. a purpose, you know? Yeah. You know, I like your name, Stacy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Appreciate you know, it. Thank you. You know, you also spoke about, I, I like this part about in this area of filling uh, your mind. Uh, you said, write down the kind of man you want to become. Mm -hmm. uh, in the present tense, mm -hmm. as if you're already him. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I like that sentence. Uh, you're becoming this person. This is who you want to be. So that's kind of sounds like that's therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, kind of like journaling. So speak mm -hmm. about journaling for men on today, being therapeutic. I have a good yeah, friend yeah. Uh, who, who journals uh, uh, and uh, he has written, he said, I have volumes of journals mm -hmm. I've written. So let's talk about that. Yeah, journaling, uh, it's actually very, very scientific. It's been shown to have the same cathartic effects as um, like verbally venting to to someone or, or or even have a having a therapy or a coaching session. So mm -hmm. I, I believe it's a great practical tool for anyone to have, I mean, not just men, but for anyone to have just to um have uh, an intimate moment with God if they feel like they need to write to God or if they're having moments of high anxiety or depression to mm -hmm. actually write out what's going through their mind, just word vomit, get it all out. And then just take a step back and look at it and be like, is any of this actually true? Mm -hmm. Or if not, where is it actually coming from? And what is the work that I need to do to figure that out? So it's a great tool for many things. And if you think about it, I mean, the Bible really is just a bunch of journal entries that are from <laughs> that, that were uh, God breathed, you know? Right. God so breathed. that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. But going back to um, the, the writing about the man that you want to become in the present tense, as if you're already him in, in this journey of being a counselor and, and a coach, uh, I've been very interested in the subconscious mind and how powerful it is. And, and I believe it's it's a gift from God. It's a supercomputer chip that he blessed us with. So the purpose of that is that the subconscious mind actually does not know the difference between the future, the present, and the past. So th this is why anxiety is so powerful, because you're, you're thinking about something that actually hasn't occurred yet, but mm -hmm. your subconscious mind thinks that it's happening right now and that's why you experience the emotion of fear same thing when you when you reminisce on something in the past like if uh, if a loved one passed away you know they're gone but you're thinking about them your subconscious mind thinks you're re-experiencing that loss all over again and you start to feel sadness mm -hmm. so when you write about yourself your, your future self as if it's already as if you were him right now your subconscious mind 
starts to change in a way where you become that man right here, right now, because it doesn't know the difference. Boom. And that's why that's so powerful. That is as a man thinketh, so is he. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, our former bishop of our organization of Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal group, Charles Blake said these words, I see you in the future and you look much better than you do right now. And uh, <laughs> I, I love that. That that, that makes me that make me relate to that uh, of your saying here, which leads to the next point about um, future, uh, not mm -hmm. in the uh, moving forward the term your next principle is focus on your vision mm -hmm. i love vision yeah you know this podcast was created out of vision for me you know and it came about during the pandemic for me uh and you said your vision is your true north mm -hmm. it keeps you grinding mm -hmm. um so you are an advocate for vision it, it, it mm -hmm. appears very much strongly to me. Mm -hmm. It changes. You said vision changes, but you share we need one. So mm -hmm. tell us why. Tell us why. Whoever someone may be listening who may not know uh, what the future looks like or where they're going. But you, you spoke about the, the, the purpose of having a vision. So tell us why we need to have vision. Yeah, this this goes back to to the mind and how powerful it is. If we don't have a a vision, something that we can strive towards, something that serves us, what the mind will most likely do is just copy and paste what it already knows. It'll mm -hmm. just copy and paste past habits, um, past pain, past experiences, everything from birth up until this point. It'll take the the path of least resistance and just keep replaying that, mm -hmm. unless. You have a vision going back to the mind, not knowing the difference between the future, the present and the now. If you have a vision, and you're striving toward it, then you'll start training yourself to take practical steps to making that vision a reality. And the, the world that we live in was created by by vision, you know, men and women having a vision of something that they're going to create, something that's needed, something that can make a difference. And they took those steps to make sure that it came into fruition. So if we don't have that, we'll just live a life of yesterday and that will be our future. Wow. That will be our future. We don't have one, you know, uh, you know, write the vision, make it plain. Yeah. And what God says, uh, uh, when you don't have a future, oh my God, with vision, the lack of having a vision, uh, you know, we just, we, mm -hmm. we just all over the place, mm -hmm. you know, and, but we want to move forward as you, your next principle speaks about forward movement. Yeah. What I was trying to say where there is no vision that people will perish. So we don't want to perish, mm -hmm. but we want to move forward, which brings to this next point, forward movement. The forward movement is going forward. We, but we all have the past. We've all done things that we're not proud of, that we're ashamed of. But we didn't let that past abort our future. Yeah. When I read your forward movement, I look at that. Don't let what what I've done in my past abort what's what I've been destined to become. You know, seeing yourself becoming that king, that person. But you may not be now, but I'm coming into that. Um, talk about the forward movement. It's 
essentially just recognizing what is one thing that you can do right now and just to inch you a little bit closer to that vision. And it doesn't have to be anything outlandish. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can be as simple as putting your phone down, putting your phone down and being present with your wife and kids. It can be as simple as I'm going to get up and walk outside for five minutes just to reset. It can be as simple as I have no idea what to do. So I'm going to text my friend, Dr. Hayes, just to see what he thinks about this. It's just taking action. And I think the biggest roadblock that men face is the fear of not knowing what to do. And when they hit that wall, they quit. Mm. And in that moment, which is going to happen, even in, in, in your story and my story, there, we're going to have moments where we're like, man, I've hit, I've hit my wall. I don't know what to do in that moment. What is one thing I can give myself a chance to try to keep on moving. And it can just be as simple as putting your phone down or reaching out to a friend. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, we need one another. Uh, there was a song I sang in high school. Uh, no man is an Island. No man stands alone. Each man's grief is joy to me. Each man's grief is my own. Uh, and thank you for that. As you said, having someone to reach out to you. Sometimes men hit a wall, don't know where to go. Uh, which brings us to the next point. Failure must be embraced. We, we mm -hmm. got two more and I'll, I'll let you go. I don't want to detain your time. No, you're you, good. You're good. You say great men everywhere are not phased by failure. They allow it to fuel them by uh, failing forward. Mm -hmm. Failure is going to be, is, is to come because it's critical to success. Could you elaborate on that, please? Yeah. And I was kind of uh, on the fences with using the term failure because I know a lot of men, um, tend to identify strongly with it and it can cripple them. But I think it's essential for us to recognize that failure, it does not mean the end. Failure is a part of our process. It's a part of the human experience. It's going to happen. And we have control on how we interpret failure. So failure in and of itself is not bad. It's mm -hmm. our interpretations of it that can be negative. We can view it as, man, this failure just cost me everything or this failure is a lesson. What can I do to be stronger coming out of it? And I'm a big advocate for interpret uh, interpreting events, interpreting our feelings in a way that serves us and serves God. Mm -hmm. So with regards to failure, it's going to happen. It is absolutely going to be in our future. How are we going to interpret that in a way that will lead us towards that vision that God has implanted in us? How is it going to help us grow into stronger, more uh, competent, godly men? Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Where is going to happen, but that doesn't have to stop us. And uh, resilience, I, I think the word resilience coming forth. You know, you can bend me, but mm -hmm. you can't break me. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, mm -hmm. Seventh principle, I'm listening to the end. Fight for every inch. Wow. Fight for every inch. So you look like you're a very physical man, you know, a physical person. <laughs> like you exercise, eat right, and all mm -hmm. that things. Heard you talk about some of your weaknesses, the French fries, the pizza, and the soda pop. You're not by yep. yourself. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, mm-hmm. so how important is your physical health uh, in your work as a mental health coach, as a counselor? And, and how do mm-hmm. you stay fit? Yeah, so I like to take a holistic approach with all of my clients, and we only have one body. You know, granted, there's going to be you know some surgeries and you know potential transplants or something like that, but essentially, we we only have one body, and it's our responsibility to take care of it. And if your body feels good, that typically overflows into everything else. Like if you look in the mirror and you like what you see, you feel great about yourself. Then your mind starts to shift. Now all of a sudden, you have. Uh, the motivation and inspiration to actually do the things that God set you out to do. So I am a firm believer that we don't have to do anything crazy as far as physical strength or physical health, but we should be intentional about making small deposits into it every single day, whether that be exercise or diet or going on a hike or just going outside or whatever that looks like for you in your life. And a lot of people ask me like well, what I do as far as you know fitness and what's my workout regimen and all that. And I'll tell them if they're really interested, but they're, they're usually asking for, for the sake of what, what, what do I think they need to do? And I always tell people just pick something that you love, right. pick something that you love to where it doesn't even seem like work. You look forward to doing it every single day for some people that could be, working out every single day, an hour or two a day. For some people, that'll be just going on walks, going on hikes. It could be surfing, whatever it is. Pick something that you love and that makes you feel good, that makes your body feel good. And usually good things come after that. Mm, Thank you. Do what you love. I like that. Mm -hmm. Do what you love. Makes you feel good. Stacey, this has been a great uh, conversation. I really appreciate it. This is the last question or the last point the last principle. It says, fulfilling your legacy in Christ, fulfill, fulfilling your legacy in Christ. You know, you said Christ felt everything. I mean, he felt everything that we feel, mm-hmm. anger, fear, depression, and loneliness. Yet he handles them all perfectly mm-hmm. to fulfill his purpose. I love that. Uh, as we close on this podcast, could you expound on that last principle yeah it was kind of a segue into a a a a bonus principle that i had which was faith so the the ninth and final one is is faith and i i pieced that in there because it's the cornerstone of all of the other ones It, it really is the one that oversees all of the rest and and faith is really just trust trusting in god that um, he's going to help you see it through whatever that looks like in that you, your journey is your own. Your mountain is your own. There's never been another Dr. Terrence O'Hayes ever in the existence of the universe. So whatever he has called you to do, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And you can have faith that he's going to give you the tools to see it through. Same for me and same for everybody else. As I think, uh, I believe that Comparison is the ultimate thief of fulfillment. It's the ultimate thief of happiness. So fulfillment and faith go hand in hand, knowing that you can trust God. You can trust God that he's going to give you the tools to keep on going and to help you through those other principles that uh, that I disclosed. Mm, what a great way to end this. Thank you, Stacey, uh, for your Thank time. Thank you, brother. 
know, thank you for the conversation. I'm going to share that with those who are listening by all means. Uh, I hope something is said that will inspire you, that will impact you, that will lift you and encourage you. Uh, because I, this is what it's all about. This is Men's Health Month, uh, men making connections. You know, I live by these mm-hmm. four principles, mental, physical, spiritual, and relational. And uh, it's yeah. been a blessing uh, to know you. So until the next time, you all be blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Take care.